two is in the books. And not only did the Cleveland Browns get screwed, but so did my co-host Jerry Burris, who started the week off with like gangbusters with a nice 100-yard game from Matt Forte with three touchdowns. And unfortunately, it ended in a big loss where he scored the second most points in our league and uh, lost to an absentee owner who scored the most points in the league. Jerry, how are you reeling from this loss? You know, America doesn't really care about how I'm doing. Let's just move past this. I got to get my squad ready for week three. But I do want to know how I can lose. The reason it boils down to is because the Denver defense put up 25 points. I can't, and it, all in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's what screwed me. So it goes. So it goes. Welcome to episode 26 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Really. I am here with Jerry Burris, and we are here with our good friend Mark, a.k.a. MZ18. Mark, welcome to the program. What up, y'all? <laughs> Gentlemen, real quick before we get started about football, I want to talk about something that I just saw pop up in my Facebook feed. Do you know that Tinder and uh, Spotify are now merging together? And, you know, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but all three of us are in very healthy relationships. Jerry and I are both married, and uh, Mark is happily dating a nice young lady. So we're not, on, we're not on Tinder. But um, if we were on Tinder... And you had to choose a song to link up with your Tinder profile. I want to know what it would be. And I, I have a feeling Mark's is going to be something from R. Kelly. But let, let's hear that real quick. Mark, what would your song be? Putting you on the spot here. It, good Lord. <laughs> My gosh. I got to take this in for 30 seconds. Yeah, this is deep because, like, the old school version of me, if I would have been, you know, circa 2005 on tinder i would have been playing like a brand new song or something a little more introspective but nowadays i get down with pretty much anything you know i'm I'm pretty into uh some of the hip-hop scene uh but mostly heavy metal and uh screamo stuff so i can't call right now i'd love to put uh pantera domination as my song and see what (laughs) pops up so let's go with that But let's, I mean, it matters what mood you're in, right? I mean, if True. you're in college, you're probably going to go like R. Kelly, Puff Daddy, Satisfy You, maybe. <laughs> oh, ooh, okay. okay. Uh, you like that, Luke? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> maybe a little jagged edge. You know, not oh, let's get married, yeah. but more of like a little, hey, where the party at? Show that you're, you're down to have yeah. a good time. Yes. I, I'd probably, um, you know, like, like Jared said, I, kicking it back to my emo roots, I'd probably have like Taking Back Sunday. Uh, but that's not going to work. Yes, no, but it it'll get, it'll get a certain girls. type of girl, though. That's, it's all about what you're looking girls. for. <laughs> I have so the glasses. They're real, you know, look like a librarian. There you go. Pale white skin, black makeup. Black <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> Sleeves. Perfect. Love it. So we are off and rolling in episode 26. Find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Check us out on iTunes looking uh, using the same search phrase, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us emails. Got a few more emails we're going to answer tonight, negpodcast at gmail.com. And we have another podcast uh, that's related to us. Our good friend Matt runs that podcast, College Football, Never Ending Glory Podcast style. Check those out. That will be coming out every Thursday. Uh, They did a great job in the inaugural episode last week, giving us a rundown on how week one and two went and how week three in the NCAA uh, was going to play out. So make sure you give them a a listen. You can find them on our SoundCloud account. Luke, how about those guys last week, though? I I thought they did a great job. But let's just really quick. They we had one guy said that Louis no one liked Louisville. To oh win my god. Game. Louisville <laughs> won by forty. <laughs> okay. All right, that was pretty good. Farky's ready to bet his mortgage. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it was a very rough Saturday for Farky and then the Buckeyes really veiled him out at night. So That'll yeah. be something to listen to next week on the College uh, Football Glory podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if they uh if if they kind of come back and admit their their wrongs there uh it is tough i will say making a prediction my big prediction was the giants were going to dominate the saints and it was going to be a 50 to 50 game and the first the opening score wasn't until like the end of the first quarter and it was a blocked kick return for a touchdown i think so uh, i have i have a prediction i'm gonna save it when we get to it that i i think i'm probably the best when it comes to forecasting for our podcast so i'm gonna save that little nugget for later Ooh, ooh, that is a big market tease right there yeah big market tease so i mentioned in the opening um that you know, Burris got screwed a little bit, and unfortunately, guys, your Cleveland Browns did get screwed too. Not only did they lose their second starting quarterback, Josh McCown, to a potential 
multi-game injury with that left shoulder. Uh, but also that taunting penalty at the end was absolute bullshit, if you ask me. The, uh, I understand why the ref would say it at the time that it looked like taunting, but as you can see, Trell Pryor, that ball slipped off his finger. He was trying to throw it back to the ref for once. He wasn't being cocky and arrogant. Uh, and that was just a very, very unfortunate and just yet another, you know, chalk it up to the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah, that that was a, a total bullshit call. Um, you know, they asked Hugh Jackson about it after the game and it, or, um, his Monday press conference. He was very selective with his word choices. He did not want to catch a fine for it. And he said he was going to be sending tape in and to make sure that it was seen by the proper officials. But I wanted him to, to rip the officials. I wanted him to get that $25,000 fine. So <laughs> he's with these guys a little bit. I think he's a player's coach. And, you know, that's one thing you got to do. Sometimes you got to go after the officials. Sure, sure. So, like I mentioned, Josh McCown probably out this week. That means that what rookie could I'll tell you what, that, that press conference that he had after the game explaining why he wanted to keep on coming back in the game uh, was pretty impressive. But unfortunately, you guys are on to your third quarterback, Cody Kessler, rookie out of USC, uh, going against Miami Dolphins defense. That can get to the quarterback. You guys signed Chaz Whitehurst off the street. And I'm, I'll say this, Charlie Whitehurst has done nothing in his NFL career except for be handed contracts for doing absolutely nothing, and he won my buddy Joe a uh, Madden championship one time when his starting quarterback went down. That's literally <laughs> the, the the most impressive thing he's ever done in his NFL career, and he continues to get shots. Um, you know, hopefully Whitehurst does not see the field, and Kessler can be decent. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure Jerry and Mark that you guys are not very excited to see the uh, the the Cody Kessler era beginning Cleveland on or in Miami on week three. Mark, it's safe to say that we're looking at possibly a two to zero win season, correct? Charlie Whitehurst is so bad it's unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe dude, I couldn't believe this guy's been in the league this long, to be honest with you. How did he stay in San Diego? He he was part of that one game when he came to Cleveland and it was like nine to three or something, I remember. I, I'm almost positive, okay, but we watched him quarterback. Didn't he have a decent arm? Didn't he play at Clemson and have a decent arm? He comes to the NFL and it looks like just a noodle city. I mean, Noodle City. Well, okay, not only that, but, dude, the Seattle Seahawks back in 2010 actually traded for Charlie Whitehurst. They traded, uh, I'm looking through it right now, um, a third-round pick in the 2011 draft for Charlie Whitehurst. And then they gave him a two-year, $8 million contract. <laughs> that, I don't that's see just it. like highway robbery. I don't get it. Like, uh, I mean, good for him. He he makes. I mean, at least Matt Flynn had like one or two good games before the Seahawks gave him a contract. But um, yeah, the, the Seahawks trading a third round pick for uh, a player just who just sucks at football. I mean, granted, yes, it was six years ago, but just again, this guy's got nine lives in the NFL, and uh, he will be on the sidelines on in sun on Sunday. Um, and you know, my team, the Patriots were on to our third string quarterback. Granted we're two and and not zero and two. Jimmy Garoppolo went down in week two with a sprained AC joint. Thankfully it was only that they were testing for a broken collarbone on the field. And, and by the way, he got driven into the turf by Kiko Alonso. It looked like it, it could have been a broken collarbone, but it ended up being a sprained AC joint right now. Jacoby Brissett is currently the next man up third string quarterback rookie out of NC state. The Patriots allegedly are trying to pressure Jimmy Garoppolo into playing on Sunday, saying that Tom Brady, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, saying Tom Brady did it, Tom Brady did it. But I, I don't, I mean, with a sprained AC joint, four days worth of rest, the way he got hurt, how much pain he was in, I think it would be foolish to get him on the field on Thursday. Don't put any further damage to that AC joint. It's going to be way too tender for him to play on Sun, on Thursday, I think. But, um, you know, again, another quarterback. Their third quarterback on the depth chart, Tom Brady will be back week four. So is this going to be the Jacoby Brissett show for the next two weeks? We'll see. Um, how, was, how was he? Was he any good? What's his? Uh, how was he? Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, how was he? What's the lowdown in New England with him? You know, they like how- him, but obviously they're, they're 
play calling is going to be so vanilla. They have such a small playbook with him because he has such limited experience in the offense. Um, I think he was a, a so-and-so, you know, a so-so efficient game manager on Sunday against the Dolphins. LeGarrette Blunt obviously carried the load and had some big runs, but the when he came into the game, uh, it was 21-3 to or 28-3. to I can't remember the exact score, but the, the Dolphins almost came back and won that game. The Patriots only won by seven points, so Obviously, the offense wasn't moving as well as it was with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then the defense was on the field a lot, so the defense got tired. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do on Thursday night, especially against a pass rush from Houston that features J.J. Watt and Javion Clowney, and they're going to they're gonna confuse the hell out of Brissett. And, and the funny thing is, Belichick is so, I don't want to call it arrogant, but I, maybe it is an arrogance, that He's not even bringing a backup quarterback. His backup quarterback, if Jimmy Garoppolo cannot play, is Julian Edelman, who we know used to play football or play quarterback at Kent State. So they are just pretty much either saying we're rolling with Brissett and hopefully we can beat the the Texans that way, or they're praying that Jimmy Garoppolo can at least serve as a – maybe take a shot in the right shoulder to numb that shoulder and then play the first or second half. I I don't know. It's it's, I think it's silly putting him out there. But apparently Belichick doesn't want to cut the 53rd man on the roster. So, yeah. So two injuries to quarterbacks. We had another one in, in, in Monday Night Football. Jay Cutler tore ligaments in his right thumb. Probably don't have Jay Cutler on many of your fantasy teams. Hopefully if you do, your team probably blows. Uh, so they're, Chicago's bracing for the Brian Hoyer era to begin for the next few weeks potentially. Again, it's, it's a very – the injury's up in the air whether or not Cutler will need surgery, whether or not rest will help, or if he can play next Sunday. Um, but a ton of injuries in week two. And I don't love talking about injuries because I don't like looking in the past. But since there were so many injuries to major running backs, there are a ton of free agents on the waiver wire that you can pick up in your fantasy squad that you're going to need if you're an Adrian Peterson, Danny Woodhead, Amir Abdullah owner. So, Jared, I want, I want to hear who you thought was the biggest injury out of running backs in week two. Well, everyone's going on and on about Adrian Peterson, I don't know if he's really going to be out out for you know more than just a week or two. Um, the way that Mike Zimmerman was talking about it, it seemed like it was a very uh, soft um, ligament injury and not a tear or you know a rupture or anything. It seemed like he'd be out for more than a couple of weeks. So I kind of pumped the brakes on making any long term moves with him. Um, definitely not doing anything like like dropping or trading. Uh, but, you know, Jarek McKinnon, if you had him as a handcuff, you got to play him. Most people who draft Adrian Peterson in the first round went with McKinnon, um, you know, later on. Um, but the Danny Woodhead one is interesting because, you know, he was that guy that was coming out of the backfield, catching all the passes, running third down stuff for him. And he did a lot. Um Melvin Gordon has shown, you know, much to our surprise, to be a, a guy that can that can score points for fantasy owners in uh, in San Diego. So I think the guys that are left on their depth chart are not going to be the ones that are going to get it done. I mean, they signed Dexter McCluster today, so what? I don't know what they're trying to tell us for for fantasy owners out of uh, San Diego. I think what they're trying to tell us is that they're going to have a two headed backfield in San Diego. I mean, Melvin Gordon will get some receptions, most likely, or targets out of the backfield, but they needed a player to compliment him to be a receiver out of the backfield, and and Dexter McCluster has done that in the past for the right. Titans. Granted, he got hurt last year towards MCL, so he had a, he had a few decent games, uh, but they're going to rely on him because they lost Keenan Allen, and they lost Brandon Oliver, for the, both guys for the season, so they need somebody else out of the backfield to catch balls and to take to spell Melvin Gordon here and there because they have uh, Kenneth Farrow, who is an undrafted free agent, and Andre Williams, who is just he's stuck in mud at all times. The guy's god awful. He was in New York for a while. I watched him for a while at BC. He was a great college player, but he's very one dimensional. He's going to run into a pile and and fall down. He's he's a, le- a less athletic Legarrette Blunt. Let's put it that way. Um, so Danny Woodhead, and he, you know, he can't catch a break. He'll have one great season, then miss a whole season. Then one great season, then miss a whole season. It's just a trend with Woodhead. So I stayed away from him this year in fantasy drafts, knowing that something was going to happen. And unfortunately, in week two, we saw a torn ACL. Um, so if you have Woodhead, you know, 
I don't, I don't think that you're rushing to the waiver wire to pick up McCluster. I think maybe you might look, want to look to a Matt Ass. Uh, I'm sorry, not a Matt Asiata, uh, Jarek McKinnon type if he is available, because he should see some time over the next few weeks once until Adrian Peterson comes back from this knee injury. Early word is it's a torn meniscus. The severity of it's not. They're not too sure. It's nothing that uh, needs to be fixed right away. It could. I read if they do like a, if they just rest it, he could miss a few weeks. If they do a full surgery, he could be out four months. So keep an eye on that. I'm not too sure what's going to happen there. Uh, Doug Martin pulled his hamstring after having a great 2015 season. 2016, he started off a little slow, pulled that hammy, and the Bucks went downhill when he was out. Uh, Mark. Do you think that Charles Sims is able to handle the load of a three-down running back, or is he solely just a third-down back? Well, Charles Sims is a nice player. He hasn't put it together uh, totally yet, but he's a solid player. He uh, he had that nice nice couple plays in, in preseason where he had some spin moves, got to the zone a little bit. I think Charles Sims, uh, he'll be a nice fantasy start. I think where I'm falling in the fantasy idea is, isn't it just unbelievable anymore, guys, and how much the waiver wire is important? And it's not even important from a sense of picking up dandies anymore. It's more of important from, like, making sure you have a guy that's a backup because his starter might get hurt. I mean, I, fantasy is just driving me nuts with all of these injuries. <laughs> it's so dumb. You draft a team and you lose three guys by week three. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's how you make your money. You make your money by scouring the waiver wire and and listening to people like us telling you who to pick up. Not um, doing your actual work while you're at your job. And right, that's overrated. Computer. That's that's like, way overrated. Like somebody we know. <laughs> Roof helps. Um, <laughs> Charles Sims, great third down guy. I'm I'm very curious to see. First off, how long Doug Martin's going to be out for? It, again, there's not a lot of clarity because we are only, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. We'll find out more on Wednesday how severe these injuries are. I have a feeling with a hamstring, that's a nagging injury. I think Doug Martin might might be out two to three games. Um, and other than Charles Sims, they have Jaquiz Rogers, Quiz Shot, um, and undrafted free agent Peyton Barber. So there's not a ton of there's not a ton of talent on on that in that running back core. So I really think Charles Sims they're going to lean on him to be more of a three down back more than anything with Jaquiz Rogers coming in and spelling him uh, every now and again. Well, they definitely will because Jaquiz Rogers is an oompa loompa, and I've never heard of Peyton Barber from Adam. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's definitely Charles Sims. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another player who I was really excited about after his week one performance, Amir Abdullah, out with a sprained foot. Going to see a specialist, which is never a good sign. Fortunately, uh, the x-rays came back negative, so there is no break. But you do have to worry about a midfoot injury. If it's a Liz Frank injury, that could be season-ending. If it's a turf toe, that could probably maybe be season-ending as well. That's scary. So the good news, though, for theoretic owners who, if they picked him up or if they drafted him late, he goes from being a flex to a high-end RB2 in PPR leagues and potentially an RB1 in PPR leagues. He's so small, he's able to kind of skate around the defense and defenders forget about him. But, Mark, you're a, you're a big Lions fan, and so do you know anything about Dwayne Washington? Yeah, he's, uh, he's a nice player. He's a big dude, I think, 6'1", 220-something. They like him, and uh, he's going to get the ball. So he showed some promise in the preseason. They're going to roll with him. Uh, they're working out Joyk Bell, too. So they might bring back the pride of Wayne State, Joyk Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. Until they get some balance offensively, and it's been the same deal for how many years with this team. Yeah. Until they get some balance, every time you think they should be running the ball, they're throwing the ball. Yeah. Then they're throwing the ball too much. I mean, like – how do you lose at home to the Tennessee Titans when you're winning and you dominate the football game for three quarters? Right. And all, all this is the same for the Detroit Lions. So Washington's a nice pickup. I wouldn't depend a ton on him just because, you know, Riddick's taking his catches away and Detroit's inconsistent on offense. But he's a good look, especially in dynasty and deeper leagues where you can hold on to contracts for years. He's a solid look. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm be making some bids on Dwayne Washington. Not, I'm gonna, not going to spend a ton, maybe two to three percent of my waiver wire budget. I think he's got potential. But if they bring in Joyke Bell, that's just going to muddy up the situation, and then that's just any value that Dwayne Washington had is just out the window. Uh, next player I want to talk about, and Jerry, you have a lot of interest in this player because of your Jay Ajayi pick oh, in yeah. our league. 
And I remember being in a certain draft with a certain number of people, and I kept saying a certain, a certain running back that was picked up from the Houston Texans who has no ability to finish a season now has another groin injury. And who had the, the foresight to draft a certain Jay Ajayi? I did. I did. Ajayi. Whatever. Yeah, but the problem is that, that he sucks. He's just not good. So well, he congratulations. just wasn't ready for week one. Um, he's <laughs> he, a, he looked terrible in week two as well. He's on an IEP when it comes to the playbook. They're working his way through it. I think he's <laughs> going to be okay. Uh, this, this week might be his one chance, and we'll see how he does. But I'm, I'm not ready to start him. Let's just say that. The, the uh, Dolphins are cautiously optimistic that but they are playing the Browns, which is a <laughs> great true. JV game opportunity. And that's true. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, the, the Dolphins are cautiously optimistic that Arian Foster will play this week. But knowing Arian Foster's history and the fact How? that he's a vegan and doesn't eat meat, he has Dude. weak muscles. Um, I don't think that he's going to play <laughs> this week. He is so slow. I mean, oh, he looked terrible. He looked terrible. I mean, we were watching him. We yeah. were watching it, Luke. He, the dude looked like he was running on the beach. Good Lord. And then, he looks slow too, dude. These guys just don't. I I knew I should have took Kenyon Drake in fantasy and dynasty. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I couldn't get the deal done. But I actually think he's got some value moving forward, forward in dynasty leagues. Kenyon Drake. I like that call, and you're you're taking the uh, hot sports takeaway from our good friend and correspondent Nick Ween. Uh, he was the one who texted me and told me that that we definitely see more from Ajayi and Kenyon Drake. So thanks a lot for that hot sports take, Nick. If you're listening out there, another player who's always hurt and got hurt again on Sunday. And fortunately, I was going against him uh, against old fecal Sean Jonathan Stewart pulled hamstring out. One week, maybe four weeks. Who knows? They have a week seven bye. I would not be shocked if we didn't see Jonathan Stewart until after that bye just because he always takes forever to get healthy. That's just been his been his MO all career ever since he came out in 2008. So with no Jonathan Stewart, that means Fozzie Whitaker, who rushed for 100 yards last week, and Cameron Artis Payne, who's always seems like he's been the handcuff to Jonathan Stewart, but he's been inactive the past two weeks. Those two guys will be hot names off the waiver wire. But I have a feeling that you're going to be very, very, very disappointed in both players. So I would not put out a lot of money because there's two guys that are going to steal all the goal line touches. Mike Tolbert and Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. From now on, if the ball's anywhere within the three-yard line, they're going to be running up the middle. Simple as that. This situation, I've seen a lot of a lot of uh, takes about how Fozzie Whitaker is a must add, must add, and I suggest, yeah, if you definitely add him, but I wouldn't be rushing to the, you know the, the waiver wire and spending blowing my load on Fozzie Whitaker. It just he better it, be, he better be finishing those twenty yard runs and, and getting into the goal into the end zone because if not, if he gets stopped in the three, right. you know uh, Kim is going to take it in. Right. Yep. Let's talk about this though. The the issue with fantasy football in this guys is there's too many mainstream guys now. It's too big. You know, you can take an average guy and all he has to do is one click and he can look up all this information that has six experts telling him exactly what to do. You know, it's like it stinks anymore. Like this is it, this has been this has been Mark Swan song for the past three years. Yeah, it's but it, you great. guys know it's right. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. You you get these guys on here. It, it, you have apps now, and, and everything's one click away. It's that's, there's that's no research anymore. There's no equation to it. It's <laughs> it's luck. It's I hopefully I keep my guys that are healthy healthy, and I get a backup that for some way, shape, or form, gets the guy in front of him, the starter gets injured. I, it, it drives me nuts. It's so well, dumb. I, I, I tend to agree with you in that regard that, yes, fantasy football has jumped the shark. It's become a mainstream thing now, and you know every Tom, Dick, and Harry play fantasy football. However, I think where you are, um, where you're able to, to get the leg up on the competition is you're able to look at a player like Fozzie Whitaker and say that, listen, just because he's a starter doesn't mean he's good and doesn't mean I'm going to rush and spend as much money or trade for this guy and give up assets for Fozzie Whitaker because he is not a, a good talent. There's a reason why he's a backup. Same thing goes with Jeremy Langford. The reason why I was not 
going after Jeremy Langford in fantasy drafts is because I don't think he's a very good football player. Just because he's a starting running back on a team doesn't mean that he's good and doesn't mean that he's worth a third-round pick. There is much better players available in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. I mean, I was getting Theo Riddick in the, in the 10th round in some drafts, and I would much rather have Theo Riddick. I'd rather spend a third-round pick on Theo Riddick than a third-round pick on Jeremy Langford. And no offense to you, Jer, but same thing with Thomas Rawls. I don't think Thomas Rawls is very good at football. He looked good in week one, but then guess what? He got hurt again in week two. There's, so there's certain players that you have to see, okay, there's a reason why he was an undrafted free agent, and there's a reason why this guy was a first-round pick. And you have to differentiate that. So if you're able to see that, I think that gives you the leg up on the competition. It just made me laugh that Mark was talking about that anybody can be really good at forecasting fantasy football. Meanwhile, us three are talking on a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I love doing this. That's like uh, that's like Caleb from Barstool Sports telling uh, his boss that he hates the internet. Like, <laughs> your job is the internet. <laughs> so – um. One other injury I do want to keep an eye on, and this this player will hit close to Mark's heart, Rashad Jennings had a left wrist injury and missed out on some late-game uh, goal line work. And Shane Vereen was able to rack up a, a career-high 14-carry game and, some goal and that goal line work. So Shane Vereen, we've always seen him as more of a third-down back, but other than uh, the rookie Dixon – or not Dixon, I'm sorry, Paul Perkins, there's not a ton on that depth chart outside of Rashad Jennings and Shane Vereen. So if Jennings does miss some time with a wrist injury, then Shane Vereen could be a great add. And I've seen Shane Vereen be, go undrafted and be available in about 12, 12 team drafts. So keep an eye out on that player. And then finally, Brandon Marshall. I don't know if you guys saw this on Thursday night, but he had a nasty spill and his left knee buckled really bad. Don't uh, want to talk about it. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> There's an MCL injury there. Not sure if it's a tear. Not sure if it's just a strain. Again, they're being very vague about that injury. We'll see if he's going to be available in week three. Hopefully he is because he's just been an absolute beast ever since he's come to New York. And he was a second-round pick, third-round pick in fantasy drafts. And if he misses any time, then that's just going to be nasty. Um, point pounder of the week, Burris. Speaking I'll let you of the Jets, this one. you give me this one, Burris, because he was on your squad this week. Unfortunately, did not get you a W, but he got you a shitload of points. He gave me a good head start, that's for sure. On Thursday, uh, Matt Forte, our point pounder of the week, thirty rushes, one hundred yards, and three touchdowns. Old school point pounding. Um, no catches though. So in our PPR league, that we didn't get any bonuses off that. But man, if you had any sort of you know carry bon uh, carry points or hundred yard bonuses, you know plus the three touchdowns, your day was made. Um, right, wasn't enough to give me the W. That twenty five points from the defensive freaking um, Denver was sealed my deal. But whatever, that was a great Thursday night performance by him, and uh, I think he's gonna keep it up for a little while. Forte's kind of might be that that wine that's aged just the right amount and then kind of turns a, a week later, so we'll see. But uh, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be their guy. Well, two things I'm surprised about with Matt Forte is, number one, he didn't get any catches in that game, which is shocking. He had seven the, the week before for 68 yards. Mm -hmm. But number two, he's on pace for 472 touches so far. There is At age 30, and after having you know a... a Multiple, let's see, one 300-yard or 300-touch season in Chicago's rookie year. Actually, he's almost 370. He's had multiple 300-touch seasons because he had a ton of catches in his career. Um, 472 touches. He, he cannot keep up that pace. There's just absolutely no way he'll be able to do that. And I'm also surprised they're not using him more as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, again, you know, 30 for three, 30 rushes for 100 yards is a 3.33 yard per carriage yard per carry average and that's not impressive whatsoever. Granted there were three goal line carries that he scored touchdowns on. Um and whatever, he got the points, he got most guys 28 points with that performance. But I'm just I'm very curious why they are leaning on him so much so early when they have a great young running back in Bilal Powell who can take a little bit of the pressure off of him. But either way, Jerry you know, the more touches, the better for you, right? No, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> um, so, looking forward to week three. Obviously, we talked a lot about week two here. All the injuries, all the different players you can pick up. But let's talk week three, guys. Let's talk, first off, point pounders for week three. I got two that I think should have great games. Um, 
My first one's Odell Beckham Jr. He really destroyed me in Dan- in uh, daily leagues last week. I thought him and Eli were going to connect for like two or three touchdowns against the Saints defense who just lost their number one cornerback. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. This week, the long-awaited rematch between Odell Beckham and Josh Norman, now that Norman is a Washington Redskin, this is going to be a dogfight. There's going to be blood. Hopefully, Odell Beckham... There will be blood. <laughs> Hopefully, he lines up on his side. Yeah, right, right. You got to think he will because I don't think Beckham will back down. But, I mean, hopefully he – last last time they played, he had seven catches and a touchdown. I have a feeling he's just going to play hard, and I'm just praying that he doesn't get those two personal fouls and, and doesn't get kicked out of the game because you know Norm is going to come at him, and he's going to just talk shit all night long. And, and Beckham's a mental midget and probably will flip out a little bit. But I'm hoping that he channels his anger and that he's able to put forth an absolutely dominant game – against the Redskins in week three. He's been a little bit underwhelming in weeks one and two. Yes, he has. Uh, but I think week three will definitely be his breakout game. And my second player that I like for point pounder is Melvin Gordon versus the Colts. As you mentioned, no Danny Woodhead, and that Colts D stinks. Melvin Gordon has really shown us a lot these first two weeks. He's scored, I think, four touchdowns in two weeks. He's cemented himself as an RB1. So if you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round this fantasy draft season – you're really happy with those picks. But I think that he has a great game against the Colts. I'm figuring for over 100 yards, maybe one score, maybe two scores. And he should definitely get some touches out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, I love him this week against the Colts. Jerry, who do you like? I agree with both the ones you chose. Um, Brandon Cooks, for me, against Atlanta on Monday night is a must start. I think Atlanta's defense stinks. I think that Monday night, Drew Brees is a guy who loves performing in the spotlight. They are definitely going to force feed the ball downfield to him, Willie Sneed, and, um, and and try to right this ship after that loss to the Giants. So I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a guy who's going to light it up. You know, maybe seven or eight catches over 100 yards and maybe a touch, maybe two. We'll see. Um, the other guy going against a terrible defense is David Johnson versus Buffalo. You know, Rex Ryan's a little overmatched right now. I don't think Buffalo's defense could stop a nosebleed. And uh, David Johnson's a guy who They're all suspended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think David Johnson's a guy who's going to rack up maybe uh, the same kind of performance Matt Forte had, uh, fancy point-wise. Yeah, David Johnson has uh, definitely impressed me. I was not a believer coming into the season. Week one against the Patriots, he had a great game. Uh, week two was solid. It was saved by a 50-yard reception. He didn't find the end zone, but still a solid game. You know, you remember, Jared, when uh, David Johnson went first overall in our league in my the live draft we did. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, he, he right, now he's the, right now he's the eighth best, eighth best running back in fantasy football in that league. So, uh, you know, obviously not worth the first overall pick, but it still is very early. And if he keeps up this pace, he, he definitely could, you know, cement himself as a true RB1. I love Brandon Cooks, too. A little bit of a disappointment last week. I'm hoping he can turn it around. Um, definitely on Monday Night Football. We'll talk a little bit more about the Saints here moving forward. Uh, Mark, you got like any players this week? Huh. Zeke Elliott is going to unload on the Bears. We're talking Dallas, primetime, Sunday night, and the Chicago Bears on a short week coming to Dallas. That's got Zeke Elliott, 24 <laughs> carries, 168 yards. Whoa! He might be showing the crop. He might be crop topping them for maybe <laughs> two, three touchdowns. You watch. I'm telling you, it. He is going to get your DraftKings league. Just throw Zeke in there. It is. It, come on, baby. That is done deal. Light it up, steal. Mark, right you, there. You don't you heard think it. after you don't think after the fumble they're gonna play off for Morris a little bit, maybe like a two to one situation? On in front of their home fans on Sunday night, they're trying to light that place on fire. Coming out of a win in Washington, they're not trying to rip the confidence out of the rookie. They, hey, Zeke, Zeke knows how to bring it in big games. That's the done <laughs> deal. That's the home run steal right there of the week. I'm going Zeke. Automatic grammatica, and then for my wide receiver, <laughs> well, Mark, real, real, Mark, real quick about Zeke too, and Lamar Houston for the Bears, outside linebacker, tore his ACL on Monday, so he's out as well. So that means that that's an even softer front that Zeke's going to play. I, I, I like that pick. I will definitely be investing in him in a lot of my daily leagues this week. 
dude, done deal. It's auto- it's automatic. Okay. Another, another player too for the the Cowboys that you might want to take a look at in in waiver wires as a third down running back option, and I'm surprised he's back this early. He's Lance Dunbar. He tore his ACL last year, but he's back. He played in week actually played in week one and week two. And uh, last season, before he got hurt, he had one game where he had 10 catches for 100 yards. In week one, he had eight catches for 70 yards. So he's a nice PPR guy to keep on your watch list to see if he does is if he's able to carve a role there in Dallas. Yeah, Lance Denbar, he he gets those catches, so he's not a bad look. He's Mark, who's your look. wideout? Who's your wideout? Jarvis Landry's going against the Browns. How can you <laughs> not like this dude? The only the, the, the Dolphins don't have a run game. They're if, if don't tell the Browns, Terry that. Yeah, yeah. Watch they it. don't. They don't. They don't. Let's just call a spade a day. <laughs> I'm going mean, to talk to you after this podcast. All right, but all right, Jarvis Landry's going to light us up. Who's guarding him? Joe Hayden. It's so inconsistent, it's unbelievable. No one's guarding Jarvis Landry. He had how many ever catches? Ten catches last week or whatever. Yeah, he's number 137 against the Patriots. He's getting eight catches. He's getting eight catches. And I'd be damned if one didn't go to the house. Give him six points there. I'll start Jarvis Landry, and I'll feel really confident about it. I'll tell you what about Jarvis Landry. Speaking of point pounding, I mean, that is what he does. Ten catches Good for Lord. 137 yards last week. Even against the Seahawks, he had seven catches for 59 yards, which isn't bad against the Seahawks. I picked Jarvis Landry in a dynasty startup in the third round, and you would have thought that I took, like, David Boston or something like that. People were giving me hell for that pick. and I was like, are you kidding me? Last year, granted, he only gets about 10 yards per catch. But last year, he had 111 catches for 1,159 yards. If you look at his numbers, he is guaranteed to get you double-digit numbers every week. And from your wide receiver two, wide receiver three, that's all you want. You just want those consistent numbers, 10 to 14 points a game. He doesn't need to get you 30 points. No, he needs to get you 11 or 12. And that's what he does. He is such a solid player in fantasy football. He's he's one I wish I I invested in. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. Dude, oh, the, the, the who's your wide receiver? Who's your wide receiver one in that league? And that Alshon Jeffrey. So that's uh, that's yeah, gonna be interesting. With, yeah, uh, you got a top tier guy that gets touchdowns. Okay, but who knows with with no Jay Cutler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that league I got Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Eric Decker, um, and Jarvis Landy. So solid wide receivers. But you're right. Without with with Brian Hoyer throwing the ball, that's going to be really interesting in Chicago. I'm not too thrilled about that. So we'll see. Those are our point pounder picks for the week. We'll see how they play out. I highly suggest you pick up any of these guys for your DraftKings or FanDuel lineups. We hope you will not be uh, disappointed. And you know, again, I, I go back to this this giant Saints game. You know, sometimes we say these guys are going to light it up, and for some reason they just don't. So again, we're, fingers crossed. We're praying that that they're able to put up some solid fantasy points for you guys this year, and you're able or this week, and you're able to make some money. But we have some other week three matchups that I'm looking forward to, and I really want to focus on players that struggled a little bit last week because, to be honest, guys, I'm sick and tired of hearing about a guy who blows up at week one for. You know, 10 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns, and every fantasy pundit says next week, well, he's going to do the same exact thing, but he doesn't because <laughs> players just simply cannot keep up the pace of having 160 catches for a season or something like that. It's just it's madness. Just because he played well the first week doesn't mean he's going to play well the second week. So I want to take a look at a few players that really struggled in week two, and I don't want you to lose faith in them because due to their matchups, due to their talent, I feel like they're going to have a very solid or very good week three. So my first player I want to talk about is Andrew Luck for San Diego. Week one, he lit it up, absolutely destroyed the the Lions. Granted, they got the, the they got the loss, but fantasy-wise, got 40-plus points for most guys. Week two against Denver, we should have saw it coming. He got his ass beat. It was just ugly. The Denver defense did whatever they wanted against him. But this week, he's got San Diego. So if you benched or if you're scared of Andrew Luck after last week, you are not benching him against San Diego. Am I right here, Mark, or am I way off? Uh, no, but I'll tell you what, I had Andrew Luck last year, and he's pretty rough. He, there's no consistency there. It's the worst-built team in the NFL. Their True. owner's on drugs. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, guys, no offensive line. A wide receiver they draft in the first round that is the size of me. 
zero run game, and zero defense. We're, we're literally, if I'm the Colts, I might call up a team in, like the Browns and say, hey, will you give us four first-rounders for Andrew Luck? And the Browns will, and you can at least start to develop your team again because they're, they're done. I, 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 they're done. Okay, okay, that was more of a... I was just going to say San Diego's defense defense is god-awful, but uh, that's a pretty hot sports take, four first-rounders for (laughs) Andrew Luck. Heard it here first, never-ending glory. No, I'm telling you guys, but if you think about it, I mean, we're talking about... It's not the craziest idea I've ever heard. You're thinking about Andrew Luck's... You're talking about Andrew Luck's matchup against the Chargers. Of course it's good, okay? The Chargers, not a great defense, but... We're also talking about the season because if you have Andrew Luck, you got to be thinking big picture. Once he has a good game, get rid of him for what you can because there are guys out there that think it's Andrew Luck from two years ago. It's not, and it's not even going to be. He, the, the, the AFC around him, his division's getting better, and his team stinks. I'm t- I, he's a bad situation. I can't stand him. Well, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to disagree on this one because not because I have him in a couple leagues, which I do, but you look at his schedule. And, yes, the, a- the AFC South is getting better, but he's got the Chargers this week. He's got the Jaguars, who we realized are a joke. Sorry, Jerry. I know you picked them to win the South. They suck. He's got the Bears, and he's got the Texans, and the Titans, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't look good. And then he's got the Packers. So the Packers. The Chiefs will be good. But they will be, but they look terrible right now. I but mean, they'll then be good. They I mean, honestly, because here's the thing, though. That defense is terrible, so they're going to be chucking the ball. They have no run game, so they're going to be chucking the ball. And they have two solid wide receivers in T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, and they also have a good tight end in Dwayne Allen. So they have hurt? guys who can catch the ball. Well, he's he's hurt. I don't know. I don't think he's going to miss time, but he definitely he did leave last week's game with a shoulder injury. But all I'm saying is that luck is... He has the talent. His defense is terrible. His offensive line is not great by any means, but they were solid in week one against the Lions, and he threw for 385 and four touches. He's going to put up stats. And, and to your point of last year, you know, in 2015, yes, it was a tough season for him. He got hurt. That shoulder was banged up. But he had two three-touchdown games. Uh, you know, he had, he had a, a four two-touchdown games. So he still put up decent stats. The problem was is he was overdrafted because of his 40-touchdown season in 2014. That's what happened. He just didn't – he didn't – there was no re- good return on, on his draft position. This year, he was dis- discounted a little bit. You get him in the fifth, sixth round. And in week one, it, it panned out. Week two, it didn't. But listen – this Denver defense is one of the best defenses we've seen in a long time. Maybe since like that old school Ravens defense that was dominant in the 2000s that won the Super Bowl. This Denver defense hits you hard. They're fast. They make plays. They get turnovers. I am at the point right now where I am not starting any quarterback against the Denver defense. I'm not going to start Tom Brady against the Denver defense if I have Tom, if I have him in any leagues. That defense is that good. So all I'm saying is I think San Diego. I think he has a nice bounce back game. Uh, I think maybe three touchdowns is in store. They need a win here, so uh, to, to go from zero and two to one and two, they they really need the win. So I think they're going to be relying on Andrew Luck a lot in Week Three against San Diego. Next player I want to talk about, and I am heavily invested in him, as you both know, because I took him third overall in our league. Todd Gurley going against Tampa Bay. Jerry, what do you think about Todd Gurley after his two his Week One and Week Two performance? Do you think he has a chance to bounce back in Week Three? I don't know if this is labeled correctly as a favorable matchup because he's still on the Los Angeles Rams. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, he's still on the team. And Case Keenum is still the quarterback? Yes. So they don't have the ability to uh, accurately throw the ball um, downfield? Correct. Okay, so if I'm the Bucs, I'm just going to load the box and take away Todd Gurley and make Case Keenum win the game? You can do that if you're the Bucks, but you're not the Bucks. You're Jerry I'm Gurley. not the Bucks. I'm not the Bucks. But if I was, that's what I do. I take away Todd Gurley, <laughs> and I don't know if the Bucks can really completely take him away. But that's where they have to start. He's argu- he's arguably the best player in the uh, NFC West uh, offensively. But I don't know if he is going to be a breakout, you know, game three guy. If this is his bounce back game, I don't know what he's bouncing back from. They scored. Their, they haven't still haven't scored a touchdown. Um, the Rams have not. So I, so I guess if he scores, that is like the breakout start for Todd Gurley this season. I don't know. Well, if you're asking me if I'm buying or selling Todd Gurley, I'm selling. Okay. Right now. Right so now. I sh- so I shouldn't trade him to you? I shouldn't offer him to you? Well, we can talk after the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm buying him. I'm buying him once they actually understand 
that if you pay a receiver forty million that's five foot eleven or five foot ten, throw <laughs> him the eight, ball. I think. He's pretty tiny. Okay, yeah, whatever he is. All right, like throw him on him jet the ball. sweeps and stuff. And I'm like, just throw it to him. It, it's so dumb. Okay, it's so dumb. Get him the ball. Stretch the defense a little bit. They still have yet to invest in any type of wide or other wide receiver. There's another team. What are they doing? Well, they're about to give Jeff Fisher and Les Snead the GM uh, extension. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I, I don't either. I think they already did give him the extension. I thought I saw it on Thursday. No, nah, it's rumored. It hasn't happened yet. Oh. I, I don't understand what that team's doing either. Um Bring in a solid wide receiver. They think Kenny Britt's going to be the guy he was before he tore his ACL. He isn't. He's an idiot who drives a buggy and, and gets him and Brian Quick uh, almost decapitated uh, live on on camera for. Oh the, no, that was. Oh yeah, that was oh, yeah. even quick. Yeah. How's so. Brian Quick not better? What is he? Six five, six six. That's another they, project. Again, that's the thing. They Brian have a bunch Quick of, six three two fifteen Appalachian no, State. No, no, he's stinks. bigger than that. Stinks. He stinks. I'm looking it up because I don't believe you. I think he's they, bigger than that. They Six, have a bunch of projects on that team, and that's all their wide receivers are. He's 6'3", 218. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have his football card right there, hey, Mark? Hey, can I? No, I don't. I just oh, know gosh. it. I like the draft. You know this. I'm going to do my Ted DiBiase laugh on that one. <laughs> Money. <laughs> uh so I, I guess I disagree with you, Jerry uh, and Mark. I, I guess I'm on on your side. I like Todd Gurley this week against Tampa Bay. You're going to see. I mean, listen, he his first two weeks were against really tough defenses. They're against the 49ers, who, if they're good at anything, is Navarro Bowman stopping the run. The Seattle Seahawks, if they're good at anything, it's great. They're great on defense, and they're going to stack the box because. And, and obviously, yes, Case Keenum's terrible. They have nobody to throw to, but. It's going to be a much easier treading for Todd Gurley against the Bucks than it was against the first two teams they played. So I'm buying on okay. Todd Gurley. I think you're able if you're able to trade for him, do it now. His value is at an all time low. Other than when he hadn't played an NFL game last year, obviously, but this season his value is at an all time low. Trade for him and trade for him soon. You will thank me later. Next running back I like this week, who has been god awful. Really hasn't gotten the touches, which isn't shocking in the Sean Payton offense. Is Mark Ingram, who's playing Atlanta. We mentioned that Brandon Cooks and the Saints have a Monday night football game. Obviously, Mark Ingram is a Saint as well, so he'll be playing in the spotlight. I love Mark Ingram to have his first big game of the season and to prove to teams that, you know, you drafted me in the second or third round. I'm going to be productive before I ultimately get hurt with a broken bone in week 14 and ruin the rest of your season. But in the meantime, he will be productive. I like him this week against Atlanta. Mark, what do you think? Let's go to Jerry first on this, and I'll come back. I, I, I want to think more about this. I want to hear what you guys have to say. All right, Jerry. Well, Mark Ingram, I, I don't know if this – I think anybody running against Atlanta is a good matchup, but is he going to be a top five running back when, after this game? I don't know. I think it's a good matchup for him. It, so I would, I would buy this one. I'm not on. I, I'll tell you what. I just got no rhythm. I, I feel no rhythm from Mark Ingram. Um, I don't know what's going on in that offense either. That offense is, is funny to me. Is Travis Cadet, is he a piece? Is he not? He's a piece week one. He's not a piece week two. He catches the ball. Uh, they distribute – their best offensive player right now. They have two offensive guys that are worthy in fantasy, like very worthy in fantasy. And, and Brandon Cooks is solid as heck. And then you have – Willie Sneed, who's turned it into something pretty pretty big time, he's turned into that look. But how much are they going to start going to Michael Thomas? He's starting to get some looks. Yeah, I like Michael Thomas. You know, I just don't know how how much that takes away from the run game. So, and they're, they they seem to be getting in these shootouts all the time because their defense is is terrible. Right. But the Giants couldn't score on their defense, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I have no clue about fantasy football anymore. <laughs> uh, to, this kind of piggybacks our quarterback or my quarterback suggestion. I like T.Y. Hilton to bounce back against San Diego, much like Andrew Luck. We don't have to talk too too much about this, but tough to find room against Denver in Week Two. I like that to change in, in in Week Three, and I wouldn't be surprised if Hilton hits over 100 yards and scores a long touchdown. Um, one of our hey, I'll tell you what though, you think about T. Y. Hilton in that game. You guys, I'm telling you, Travis Benjamin is turning into a wide receiver too, yes, right in is. front of us. And with Keenan Allen gone, I watched this dude. He will score touchdowns. He's fast. Uh, he is he is a great fantasy starter all of a sudden. If you have him, 
play him. They have some matchups. They're down. River slings it. You gotta like him in matchups too. Who's got him in our league? I don't know. I, I know. That's right. I do. Great. You great do. Oh, you're right. You do because you started him week one. I did, and week two, and week two. So that was a good start for me. Uh, that was because nice. the uh, CME Coates pick out didn't work out too well in the eighth round. So uh, that was a little bit of a mistake by me, but it happens. Um, one of our good friends and, and the player that I most resemble to you, Mark, not only due to his feistiness, but also his latest injury, Steve Smith coming off the torn Achilles. He, he flashed a little bit against the Browns. Um, I, like, I, I like to think that's just him kind of knocking off the rust. You think he's able to break out and have that big game, maybe 100-yard game against Jacksonville? No, no. And it's only going to get worse for Steve Smith, and you can't really blame him. He's 36. What happened to Kobe middle of the season? When you're playing an explosion sport, it, it, God, it, it's got to be so sore for him. And then, and then you're thinking, like, Dennis Pitt is getting 10 targets a game. Tamar Aiken's not even getting looks. Mike Wallace is getting looks. So I don't. I don't know, I can't jump on the Steve Smith bandwagon. I really can't. Uh, Forsett's starting to get back into it. Uh, I'm not ready. I do like Flacco as a quarterback, a game quarterback, maybe not a fantasy quarterback, but, man, Mike Wallace has turned into a nice player for them. That's exactly what that team needed. I, listen, I see what you're saying, Mark. Definitely the explosion's lost. Um, you know, and But he's turned more into an intermediate route runner, obviously, after the – ACL sapped his lower body of that that's that speed and that strength. I just think that, and and you're right. You know who? Who? Maybe, wait, who? Who? Steve Smith. The Achilles. Oh, the Achilles. You mean the Achilles? Achilles, yeah. Achilles oh, yeah. bros. Lower body, same difference. Um, no, it's not. It's not. It's different. Well, with with, with Dennis Pitta, uh, I, I guess I really didn't think of Dennis Pitta too too much. Granted, he was solid against the Browns last week, taking over that intermediate role. I just kind of think that Steve Smith, he's just one of those gamers where he's going to will himself to be successful for at least one more year. I mean, he's just he's too stubborn not to be good. I see what you're saying. Obviously, at some point when you're an athlete, the body's going to fail on you and the mind has to realize that you're not the player you used to be. I just think that at least for the next few weeks and maybe just week eight, he's going to hit a wall. But this week against Jacksonville, I like Steve Smith. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver too. Maybe wide receiver three. Uh, if you have him on your team, I suggest you start him because, again, Jacksonville just is Jacksonville. They're not good. They won the offseason, but that doesn't mean shit when you get to the regular season, obviously. Yeah. One more guy that I want to talk about that I think should be a good start, and I want to hear your thoughts on him, is Kobe Fleener. Again, we're talking a bunch of Saints here because I just think that offense is ready to pop. Kobe Fleener versus Atlanta. Uh, Jerry, do you have any blistering hot takes on this one, or do you want me to – Toss over to Mark. <laughs> I'm joking. No, uh, I do think Kobe Fleener is a guy who's going to be on an upswing now. There really is this kind of like bottleneck. Uh, on, sorry, <laughs> keep, going, keep going, keep going. There's this kind of bottleneck on on uh, tight ends right now. There's no one really standing out, and he's kind of right in that upper level that's uh, about to pop, I think. I think you're right. So with these guys like Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas on the outside and, and Willie Snead getting the inside um, – there's got to be somebody that's going to be open. It might be Kobe Fleener this week, and especially against Atlanta. Again, I don't think the defense is real good. I think he could be a guy who's going to get you um, maybe a touchdown and you know seven receptions. Mark, what do you think? Kobe Fleener's – whatever. Kobe Fleener's going to have seven catches and a touchdown. Did I just hear that? Maybe. This is a forecast. <laughs> All right. Well, I was I was watching the game. Uh, Luke, you were at my condo. I don't know if you saw the same thing I did on this. Um, Drew Brees looked like he wanted to crucify him on the spot. <laughs> Swear to God. Okay, yes, if, if, any, if the listeners or anyone out there, you were watching the game, Drew Brees looked like you want to crucify Kobe Flaner on the spot. He had like nine targets. At one time, he had seven targets and one catch. Seven targets and one catch. He looked clueless. He didn't look like he knew what was going on. I'm telling you, he looks lost. And Nick, it, you know it's bad when Nick Vernon put all stock in Kobe Fleener. And now Kobe Fleener is – Nick Vernon's like, I have no clue what to do. He stinks. He stinks. <laughs> and it's surprising that he can't pick up in the system. Stanford kid, you think he should be pretty smart. Uh, but he's really struggling to pick up the system in um, New Orleans. I just have a feeling that this could be a big week for their offense. I – 
Fleener's got talent. He's got he he's proven before that he can be a reliable pass catcher. Uh, I, I think that he can do it this week, and and we we shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Um, let's go to some listener questions again. We mentioned, hey, hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, send us emails, negpodcast at gmail We're going to put off some pictures or some T-shirts here soon, and if we pick your question to be talked about on the podcast. Uh, we'll throw you in a raffle to get a free T-shirt. So uh, this week's first question is from our good friend Vinny from BW. His uh, Twitter handle is at VinnyD6. He asked me on Twitter, would you sell high on LeGarrette Blunt now for a top tight end like Greg Olson, or would you ride him out for the season? And Vinny, I think you would get a resounding yes, yes, yes from the board here on LeGarrette Blunt. We've played fantasy football for a long time. We know Bill Belichick's antics with running backs. He hates him, and he hates fantasy football. If you can get a stud tight end like Greg Olson for LeGarrette Blunt, who is a forgettable player, go get him. Go get him. That's that's an absolute no-brainer. Um, once you win the championship, please send us 5% of your winnings for that mm-hmm. because that will be a championship. The pride of Wycliffe. The pride <laughs> of Wycliffe. For my good friend Crow, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, Jerry and Mark. Starter sit, PPR League, Corey Coleman or Will Fuller? <laughs> so, well, I mean, Corey Coleman's pretty much irrelevant with Cody Kessler throwing the ball. So, I mean, you got to go. You think Will Fuller might be able to extend deep on the Patriots? I'll take Will Fuller all day. I was going to take Will Fuller. The only reason I even thought about hesitating there was I think Corey Coleman might end up with more catches but less yards. Will Fuller is going to take the top off, and he'd probably end up with, uh, with more touchdowns by the end of the year. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, Will Fuller has really surprised me so far this year. He's had a great opening two games with the Texans. The Patriots do struggle with fast receivers, and I would not be shocked if Will Fuller was able to track down a long ball or two. But again, don't be surprised if he drops a wide-open ball, much like you know Ted Ginn Jr. or Deshaun Jackson, and drops drop a 50-yard bomb that should be a touchdown. He's done that a couple times so far. Which that just, sounds like you would flag football, Luke. No, I catch everything. I, these hands, the best hands in Hampshire. Oh, my God. Yeah. Heard, you but catch I'm the best everything. In yeah, I know what else you catch from the girls in VW. <laughs> <laughs> We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. <laughs> All right, from our good friend Jack in Wander, who we had on last week, the band Wander. Jack's asked us, is Sammy Watkins droppable at this point? Obviously, Sammy Watkins has that foot injury that has to be concerning. He's had foot injuries in the past. I still think it's way too early to drop Sammy Watkins. There's got to be a worse player on your bench to to drop for you know, a free agent or wave wire pickup, uh, a backup cons- tight end or backup quarterback. I mean, I'm not dropping Sammy Watkins at this point. If I see him get dropped, I'm picking him up right away. Jerry, exactly. what do you think? I was going to say, if Sammy Watkins is, the la- is like one of the worst guys on your roster, what kind of league are you in? Is that like a six-man league? or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. He's probably, this. This dude's obviously stressed out about it, and I would be too. If you hold him in a dynasty league, guys, that – his foot, that thing's not going away, man. And and we hope not. With, they wouldn't be able to run. Well, it's it's <laughs> that injury's not going away. And right, right. The, the new offensive coordinator, they might have a new head coach next year, new system. You never know what coach wants what guy. He man, I want no part of the Sammy Watkins if I'm in some type of keeper dynasty league, man. That's just he's stress. And you know that Rex is is pining to keep his job, obviously. So he's going to throw him out there. And that's it, it seems like this foot injury is something that just simply needs rest. But there's no way they're going to rest him because their number two wide receiver is Robert Woods. And Robert Woods can't be a number one. Other than that, they have Marquise Goodwin, who is nothing more than a straight-line runner. So that team's in trouble. I love to see it. I hate the Bills. I hate Rex Ryan. Uh, but, but Jack, I would not drop Sammy Watkins unless he simply just isn't. He's a game-day inactive where he goes in the IR. Other than that, not worth it. Uh, for my fellow writer over at Dynasty Football Warehouse, Josh Johnson at Josh underscore DFW Pulse. Check out his podcast. They have a great podcast they put out every week over at DFW. So with AP injured and out for the foreseeable future, we think, do you pick up Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata? Who's the better play, Mark? Jarek McKinnon, done deal. Faster, more upside, and Bradford's probably going to dump balls off to uh, in the flat and stuff. Got a little bit more wiggle to him. I'll take McKinnon. Agreed. What do you think, What do you think, Jer? I agree, too. I would have picked uh, McKinnon as my, my – uh, 
handcuff earlier in the, in the season anyway. Uh, I'm going to stick with it, you know, stay with that, that game plan. Yeah, and, and, and Matt Asiata, just, he's, he's a big body back who has played well back in 2014 when AP was uh, you know, suspended for the season for being a bad father. Um, Asiata stepped in, and you know, he wasn't good by any means, but you know, he had stat lines like 10 carries for 26 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he scored nine touchdowns that year. Granted, he averaged three yards a carry. I guess if you lose out on Jarek McKinnon and you're able to pick up Matt Asiata, you do it just in case he has one of those, you know, 10 carry, three touchdown games because he's been known to do that and and they'll do that with him with, you know, with Sam Bradford under under center. I I don't like him. I I would take Jarek McKinnon over him, but if Asiata is there, you have to consider picking him up. Um, Now, from Dean... Via email, any uh, any uh, at negpodcast at gmail.com. He sent us an email, and we are now responding to it, obviously. Non-PPR, he just lost AP and Amir Abdullah. Is there anyone he can target in a buy-low trade situation or free agency? Oh, I got somebody you can pick up right now. His name's Jay Ajayi. Ship it. <laughs> Call me later. <laughs> so that's what? Jay Ajayi. And uh, Mark, who do you think is available? Remember, what? non-PPR. Who, Non-PPR. Who's this dude that uh, sent the email? Dean. Dean, Dean, Dean. Okay, Dean. Uh, if it's non PPR, this is where it gets tough because you need someone that's going to get some volume and stuff. I uh, see. I would go if I was you, Dean. I would go for some for some guys that have upside. It's tough to maybe win in the next couple weeks, but if you maybe can get your hands on one of those running backs we talked about, uh, the kid from uh, the kid from Detroit is a good. Uh, what's his name again? Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington. He's a good look. Okay, he could be something that could you might be able to get low. Also, the backup for the uh, Raiders, um, Jalen Rashard. No, the other guy. Who am I thinking of? I'll tell you right now because the name is escaping me. Burris, take note of this so we can cut it, <laughs> please. Um, DeAndre Washington. Yeah, and the other guy I would think of would be DeAndre Washington. And those guys are really, really, really cheap. You could be able to get those, slide those into your lineup. And then Kenyon Drake, too. Kenyon Drake might have some value in a non-PPR. So there's three guys. They're young, too, so you know they got fresh legs. And just keep an eye on Rob Kelly. He's not on any teams right now. Washington's struggling a little bit to find rhythm. He's a power scat back, dude. He's solid in between the tackles. Rob Kelly's not a terrible look either. So there's four young guys. I don't know how much they're going to help you maybe in the next two weeks, but they could help you in the future. I think if you need an immediate player to pick up, and it might be tough to get him because he's had a great first two weeks, but he is still part of a committee. It's Tevin Coleman from Atlanta. Uh, Coleman's looked far more explosive than Devontae Freeman. I would not be shocked if Devontae Freeman turned more into the pass-catching running back, whereas Tevin Coleman handles early down rolls. Uh, but Freeman is a pretty solid goal line back as well. But if you're desperate for a running back that you can get at relatively cheap, I would suggest going after Tevin Coleman from Atlanta. You should be able to get him for a song. It won't be too expensive. Maybe a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. And you can pick up guys like that in free agency. Uh, Dean's got two more questions. and The next one is he asked what to do with Chris Ivory. So obviously Chris Ivory missed the first two weeks due to an illness that we have no idea what it was, but we can all speculate. Um, TJ Yeldon stepped in, was great week one, was pretty mediocre week two. Uh, He got a ton of catches but didn't do much else. Uh, PPR league, he was great. Standard league, he was terrible. I say hold Chris Ivory. I probably wouldn't start him this week because we don't know what was wrong with him. I mean, if he had like the flu or something like that or mono and – he so lost, there's like, some theories out there. We've, we've heard some theories. We've heard some theories. Um, I don't want to get into those here, but um, you can hit us up on Twitter and we'll, we'll let you know. But um, I, I would I would sit him this week. I, I just don't think that you want to play him regardless of the matchup just because just let him get his strength back. I mean, when you're out for two weeks for an for, uh, unknown illness, that's just, it's, it's never a good thing. And uh, I'm sure you guys have a pretty similar thought process on that, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, our boy Ruse theory. Okay, okay. Uh, and the final question from Dean, a little bit off topic of uh, fantasy football here, is he says my wife wants to get a Labradoodle. Is a Labradoodle a manly dog, or would I be a pussy for owning one? Dean, I'm very secure in my manliness. 
I love Labradoodles. Great dog. Very friendly. Big lab fan. Don't like poodles, but you know what? They're hypoallergenic. They don't shed. <laughs> um, they're very friendly dogs. Yeah, the name is pretty brutal. You're saying Labradoodle every time. Just call it like a fancy lab or something like that. I'd say go for it. What do you think, Jer? You have one of the the pussiest dogs ever for a well, guy, too. Well, so I, I, I don't know if whoa, I can buy this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I disagree bulldog? with that. that is, you, first off, you've never met Boone. Yes, one. I have. That's right. I have him at Boone. Okay, so how then dare you, should, you, sir? How then dare you, you? Should, how dare you? Then you should know he's a fantastic dog. He's a fantastic dog, but he's not a manly dog, that's for sure. He's not a womanly dog. Have you, have you seen him bark? I mean, he's he's stocky, right, Mark? He's solid. He's a little dude. He he packs a big punch, though. He's like he's like Steve <laughs> Smith. He's like Steve Smith. From that's like a great comp. That's exactly what he is. I don't I don't think getting a labradoodle is a manly move. But I don't think it's the worst. Like a, f- a feminine move you could do as a man. Right. At, um, at least he won't fit in like a purse. That's just a yeah. It's not a purse dog, and he can name. It. I know Dean's a a big Pats fan. He can name it like a sweet like Ninkovich name or you know something like that. Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Or, or or Martellus Rex. That's what Martellus Ben likes to call himself. <laughs> Martellus Rex is a great name for a dog. <laughs> That's a really good name. Dean, listen, you're welcome. Dean, Dean, listen, just so you know. Get a bulldog, an an English bulldog. Bring it home, dude. Let the English bulldog work its game, work its magic. <laughs> It'll take over the situation. Wife will be like Labradoodle. No, English bulldog. Yes, you're in <laughs> like plant, bro. Either way, name it Martellus Rex. That's what we're telling you here, Dean. Or Chara. Right, uh, no, uh, name, name it as Jaji. Name it as Maybe <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that was episode 26 of the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Please find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. On, on uh, iTunes, same name. Send us emails, negpodcast at gmail.com. We will be printing off T-shirts. So if you send us a good question, like whether or not you should get a Labradoodle and be a man, or if you want us to name your dogs for you, Send us an email and you could win a t-shirt. Or children. We're, we're, we'd be glad to name your child for you. It's true. That's true. I think uh, I think we'd be very good at naming children. I think I think Luke is a strong name, but I'd have to go with something else. It, it is. You know, it is strong. Strong. It's quite strong, actually. It's too biblical for me. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're out. We'll talk to you guys next week, all right? All right, guys. That's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs>